This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Here we go again. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. You excited for the playoff push? I know we were predicting it. <laughs> oh, it, it was funny in the last pod where like I keep on sort of sticking these. We're not going anywhere. It's not, and then it's the only person that's talking about. Well, maybe if we win this game and this game and this game, then it's only me that's saying it. So yeah, I can't wait. Seventh is up for grabs. Yeah, you're. Uh, <laughs> you've been talking yourself down. I think. Uh, well, I, I think it might not just be you if if we beat Harrogate, but I'm sure Mansfield will be there to swap that. It's what that dream wants more. So, you know, it's a, it's a weird time. I, th- I think it does start again when we beat Harrogate, but it might be simmered by what I've been expecting this whole time. One, it's far too late. And two, results elsewhere void it because we're still the same distance away and another game has gone by. But, oh, it just makes it more interesting because if the rest of our season is like how Tramier played in the second half on Tuesday night, then let's keep this playoff push going. Yeah, I mean, it's not beyond the realms looking at the a lot of the fixtures remaining. But, yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be quite nice if the literal um, can we play you every week scenario. Joe, do you believe... Obviously, I don't believe, but um, it's it's fun to pretend to. Someone in the office said said to me again as a joke on the day after, that, are the playoffs back on again?" Like, yeah, let's let 
It's a funny joke until people actually start to believe it. Yeah, I don't think we're giving some people enough credit. I think people aren't starting to believe again. I I think there are fans that have never stopped believing and they are to be envied if we pull off the miracle to end all miracles before we lose to MK Dons in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if, if they are still believing, then I think and and that and that and scenario does play out, then they should probably probably put their put their money on it because I I can't imagine the odds are too good on Swindon continuing to do anything, isn't it? And the I think it was SCFC to Cody UK, so there was like a less than a percent chance of us even making the playoffs. So you know, feels feels like time to get get frisky on the bet old betting. That's right, folks. Another one minute and thirty seconds on our playoff push that we don't believe will happen, but we'll keep talking about it yeah we, we i think most of these chats are just we need to stop talking about the playoff pushes but we're the only ones doing it it seems counterintuitive but here we are yeah it's not mentioned in the presser it's not mentioned pretty much anywhere where i'm reading but here we go gosh i was just looking at the table earlier can we just take a moment to uh acknowledge the decline of Notts county this season i mean I don't know what's worse, just a generally rubbish season from October onwards or looking like you're nailed on for promotion and then dropping like an absolute stone. Yeah, I mean, it took them a little bit longer to have reality catch up to them in terms of the number of goals they were conceding. I think we had that come up and fairly swiftly. It's taken Notts County a little bit longer because they were better at actually scoring. But, I mean, very impressive in terms of a collapse. I mean, well done to, to everyone over there. As it turns out, BT Openreach engineers aren't that good football managers, but I don't think we could have known that going in. Yeah, yeah, you've got to show me you're working before I believe that sort of stuff. They've conceded only one less than Sutton in 24. That is wowzers. Even we've conceded less. It's 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 incredible, really, given you know uh, the the financial backing that Notts County had, and obviously all the goodwill coming into the season, but. So it's gone away in quite some quite some fashion. As I know, they look they really did look the real deal when we went up there. Um, but uh, as it's proved, they aren't. Indeed, indeed. So anyway, we'll move on from Notts County and wish them well on their journey until they visit Swindon in a little while's time. How's life on the Adverbeats? Are you happy with what you're churning out? Well, I mean, it's 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 an interesting time. We've got a little bit more time to fill. Uh, after this week, because there was only the one Tuesday fixture left to go. But yeah, it's, I mean, actually getting a win was fun. You could, it was the first time, pretty much the first time all season that a Swindon win you could like confidently forecast at about 70 minutes. So that's always quite nice. So uh, uh, thank you to Gavin Gunning and the boys for delivering that quite so early. They really did. It, so much so that something happened for me at the county ground that I had never done in the 33 and a half years of me attending football at Swindon Town, and that was leave before the final whistle. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So you were, you were, I guess, confident, or did you just have to run for the train? That's how pessimistic I am. I, I'm so angry that we won comfortably that I just couldn't hack the full-time whistle. It was absolutely to catch a train and to prevent me from waiting an hour for another one. The the services, as somebody based in Bath or previously based in Bath like yourself, you'll know on a Tuesday night, if you don't make the one closest to full time then it's a cold long wait and I was home an hour earlier than I normally am I took I took the gamble Accrington Stanley will have the same treatment unless 
it's on the edge. It could go either way, and it's exciting. Nothing wrong with the performance, but I, I was probably annoying JR for the last 10 minutes of my attendance because I was like, I think I'm going to go. And I was really worried about the being judged for leaving a game early. And all I got from, from JR was just a look of, well, we'll go then. <laughs> just go on, off your trot. You've, you've, got, you've got a train to catch. Go and get your train. And I was like, well, maybe if we score in a minute, and I'll, when everyone stands up, I'll just, I'll just sneak out. And he's just like, just go. So on the 88th minute, I just went and I don't think I missed anything. No, I don't remember anything happening too late on. But yeah, I love the just see if I care treatment from JR. That's that's top stuff from him. Definitely not in tone, but definitely with his eyes. He just gave me the look of go on then. Just just go. What's the matter with you? Get your train. Get home at 11 instead of midnight. Made all the difference. It absolutely does. And I, I completely with you on that train. It's, it's, it's a nightmare of a sort of... Uh, will I, won't I situation at the end of those games because you don't want to miss stuff but uh, I also don't want to wait on the platform for ages I just don't want to I also don't want to run to the station which is always a fear of mine that is caught on CCTV as I fall over or whatever (laughs) (laughs) I miss an uneven curb or whatever and that will happen at some point yeah I think I had to run run for a train after a press conference last season because it was that or I had to wait a bunch of them had been cancelled or something and it was it was a dispiriting experience. I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it again. <laughs> the perils of following Swindon and and taking public transport at the same time. Anyway, we'll move on. You've been under eighteen spotting at the training ground, have you not? Yes. Uh, today, uh, the the Swindon beat and the I guess extended Swindon beat because Sam Moreshead was there too. Um, got to go down and watch the under 18s preparing for the uh, Bristol City game next Thursday. Obviously the the last important game left in the season, unless they win, in which case it's the Man City semi-final. Um, and uh, yeah, getting to watch them. Got to spoke, speak to George Alston, uh, Sean Wood and Danny Rose um, in as well in, in the build-up to that. So there'll be some some fun stuff coming up, uh, more likely next week than, than earlier than that, because otherwise it doesn't make as much sense if I do it tomorrow. But um, yeah, it was it was nice to go, go be able to watch them, see uh, some of the things they've been working on. And um, they do technically have a game this weekend, but I think it's fairly clear that the attentions are largely on uh, the, the B- Bristol City game, a bit more than the Merit League against Leighton Orient. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. You know, I went to the Manchester United game. I watched the Luton game. I watched the Sunderland game. You kind of think to yourself, well, you know, the run's got to end eventually. But we beat Manchester United under-18s, who are one of the best in the land at the moment. So now I'm like, oh, I really want us to beat Bristol City under 18s. That means a lot to me. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. I've, uh, I've, Bristol City is, is is a nice ground, Ashton Gate. It pains us to admit it, but it's a, it's a nice place to go and watch football these days. And you know, um, I've been on it since the Wimborne game in the second round because I didn't have much to do on a Tuesday, and I was like, I'll just go watch it and live bog it. Uh, no one will care, but it's fine. Um, and it, it's just a lot of fun watching this team. They're, they're really together. They're a, they're a good group, and they've done some pretty incredible things. I think uh, Manchester United and Sunderland are both Cat One, and Bristol City are only Cat Two. So technically speaking, those were tougher games than this one. But you you know you it's hard to treat. you don't want to get ahead of yourself in the situation because it's cup football and all that. But it is, it's really exciting. It's its something we don't get an awful lot. This is only the sixth time ever Swindon have been to this stage of the competition. They've only got beyond this stage once. And that was because of Don Rogers. 
So it is really exciting. Um, I was I was told today that apparently the club aren't being allowed to stream the match. So um, it's um, for reasons that are still being sorted out entirely. But um, technically speaking, if you want to, I think, well, I mean, I'll be live blogging it. It'll, I'm pretty certain BBC Wiltshire are comming it as well but and doing a, a proper show. But if you want to actually watch the game, you do actually have to go this time, unlike the previous rounds when the club have been able to stream it on YouTube. Well, maybe that will convince more to uh, to spend their fiver and and travel across to watch Swindon under-18s in Bristol. Uh, hot off the press here, Joe, elsewhere. Anton Dwarzak has joined Hemel Hempstead on loan. There you go. Yeah, it's, it seems like a good move for him, really, doesn't it? Um, Hemel have got... I don't know if they still have them, but they had, they had a couple of fun players last I saw them, like um, Zach Carruthers. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like a good movie. He's not really played much since that first game where he inexplicably came on before George McEachran, um against Bradford. But, you know, National South is probably a good level for him and he's contracted for next season. So it's not like he's in desperate need to, to do stuff straight away. But after what's probably been a bit of a difficult year for Dorlach, knowing all the things that we've heard, about him that seems like a good move yeah former Wales international and hot prospect at Fulham George Williams plays for Hemel Hempstead so there you go you know I think he had a little bit of difficulty early in the season didn't he in terms of getting playing time at Gloucester but hopefully um, now that the loans manager is in charge of the first team uh, we've we've uh, we've sounded out a team where he would actually play uh, that would be good. They also have former Love Islander Montel McKenzie uh, in their team and uh, football manager hero Kalen Hines. So uh, that's for me. I don't know about anyone else, but he he was very good for me at Swindon uh, on FM20. So, you know, p- please make good friends with Kalen Hines, Anton Dwarzak. He's good, this Joe Acklam, isn't he? Just off the cuff and you're just reeling stuff off. I don't believe your internet is that quick either. So I think that's straight out of the brain. Well done, you. Um, I, I don't expect we'll see Anton Dorzak again, will we? I don't see him at this stage breaking into the first team next season unless something pretty crazy happens at Hemel. I mean, it's been hard enough for Ricky Aguiar and he he tore up that level of football. So, um, yeah, I, I don't expect we'll see him break into the first team, especially with what you're expecting to be... Um, pressure from the under-18s that are about to come into the first-team setup next season. So, yeah, he, pr- he probably doesn't, but he can put himself in quite a good position in terms of life after Swindon if if this can go well for him. Absolutely can. Absolutely can. OK, then. So, we won on Tuesday, 3-1 against Tramere. Lovely stuff. I, I felt not bad. That's not the right term, but I just felt like one of those sort of ungrateful football fans because. It was so comfortable. Even when we when we conceded, it just felt like Tramia definitely can't hold on to the draw. As long as we're we keep doing what we do, we're gonna be okay. And then I was like, what what do I want from our victories? Do I want us to have like a proper game? Do I want us to have like a game against like we did against Stockport, although we lost it, but we really just kept fighting them, kept fighting them, and then we ran out of puff. Or maybe the Mansfield home game where, you know, we were up against it and then we stole it at the end. What do I want from my victories? Ultimately it doesn't really matter. But I still felt like I wasn't I wasn't happy enough or I didn't I didn't feel like I gave the team enough credit. But it was a much needed, very well timed victory. 
as you've alluded to, the fixtures for the remaining remainder of the season at the county ground, at least, have fallen very nicely for Swindon. So hopefully there'll be plenty of uh, W's before the season's out. Yeah, we could have a few more low-stress victories before the end of the season. I wouldn't mind that too much. I think we've definitely found our niche in terms of uh, teams we can play against because against Bradford and Tranmere, we played a pretty old squad that played an inexplicably high line. So I think we've found the teams that we can beat. And if everyone else can approach us like that, then that would be just fine. Thank you very much. Um, It's about figuring out how to beat other teams, I guess, now. But... Yeah, it, it it didn't. It obviously when you it didn't feel as good as Mansfield did. But I mean, having watched more or less every game this season, I'll take any victory. I really don't care. Yeah, I I, I feel like I should be living in the moment a little bit more and just enjoy moments like Rashan Hepburn Murphy coming back and scoring a couple and the, the rise of Sean McGurk and Ricky Aguiar coming in, not doing anything spectacular, but the fact that he did have a game where you didn't really notice him in that position is actually probably quite good. Yeah, I, he, he did look a little bit like, uh, I don't want to be specifically where he was on the pitch, but the thing with Ricky Aguiar, that you, the way he, and Gavin Gunning touches him, we'll get to that question. Uh, the way he controls the ball, the way he passes the ball, and the way he moves, he really looks like a top-level footballer. And I, I think, for me at least, that that does tend to count quite a lot in terms of what I think about someone. So, no, there's there's the skill there to to, to be a guy. And I think if we don't play him in a holding midfield role the whole time, that would be quite useful for him. But, you know, it, he's, again, like... Jack Bycroft, like I'm sure McGurk probably isn't anymore. Sean McGurk is that guy, um, but you know he's one of the interesting stories left in this season for Swindon in terms of okay, Ricky, you've got another season after this. We know that, but what are you going to be at Worthing again or in the National League, or are you going to be an actual part of the Swindon team next season? And that's kind of one of the storylines to watch. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and. Anyone that sees his showreel, so to speak, can't help but be impressed. But we need to see more of it at Swindon. And to do that, he needs more opportunities, probably in his favoured position. Whether that happens or not, we'll soon find out. But he's got a year left, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I'm sure Sadio Kano gets suspended at least once more before the end of the season. So I'll we'll, we'll get the opportunity through that, if nothing else. And hopefully, um, you know, again, to, to the point, that I'll just answer the question now because Gavin Gunning talked about it, but um, Gavin Gunning said that essentially um, if if he performs properly in training and when he actually gets the chance on the pitch, and he said that he felt he played pretty well against Tranmere, um, then he will continue to get those opportunities. So we kind of just have to hope that he does that and we get to see more of him because it will it will presumably point in a positive direction. Gavin Gunning was obviously asked about Tramier Rovers and that lovely victory. Uh, it was all about the positives. Yeah, he was he was very pleased with the game of the opening 20 minutes, which I think has been fairly well dissected by everyone. As, as it just wasn't great. Gavin Gunning was, was, was very, very quick on that, um, which I found interesting that Nigel Adkins for Tranmere said that it they he felt that Tranmere played very well in those 20 minutes and I just really would like to know how he thought that but um he's he but counting on the Tranmere game felt that um he was he was very pleased with the way the team had played uh you know they created more chances than than they actually ended up taking which um you know is in when you win a game is a positive thing really but 
um, in, about you know there's still that bit of being more cl clinical that they can be and they can get rid of that you know slackness at the start but you know he's talking about in terms of um, he's a, a managers always are perfectionists and um, trying to be perfect in performances but there's there was there was stuff to be built on and there's um, plenty of positives that can even be made better than than they were so he was he was very pleased and um, pretty glowing about the way the goals were scored as well in terms of uh, uh, how Sean McGurk's really got that uh, fake shot into a finish down at this point, and you know the the quality of the passing for the two two goals that Ben Murphy scored. So yeah, there was there was definitely positives from Gavin Gunning's end, and rightly so. It, it wasn't a perfect performance in in the sense of we'll, pro we'll probably need to do more against some future opponents, but. For Tramia on the day, I, I'm not with Nigel Adkins about the first 20 minutes, but I certainly agree that Tramia were probably at their most effective in the first 20, but that's not to say they were particularly great. Uh, it just wasn't a very good opening 20. But what is a possibility for the first time in quite a while, it would have been the one that ended with the Atkinson Stanley away game, back-to-back -back wins. So that's what we're looking at for the first time this year. The first time for quite some time. It feels like it has to happen. I'm putting all that pressure on again. But what did Gavin Gunning say about the the possibility of back to backs? Yeah, I think manager speak again in terms of he's not looking at it in terms of back to back wins or you know I guess putting pressure on the players in in that way uh, in the way that you just did. Um, but he was talking about you know it, the importance of finding that level of consistency in results because. As we all know, aside from MK Dons, he's been very pleased with the performances across the board and, and getting those done. But you know, finding finding that consistency in terms of putting teams away and getting results like that and Harrogate being uh, a good opportunity to show that they can do that because said it, it would be back-to-back -back wins and you're t playing a team who are in some uh, not the best of form at the moment. We're not going to get to the playoffs playing well, but draw in, Joe. Well, no, that's, that's, that's not how the run the uh, historic run starts now. Got to get all three. He's going to have to reset his mindset if we're going to climb these uh, places. I'm there. Is he? I think technically speaking, after the game, in his interview, uh, for the first time, Graham Gunning seemed to rule the playoffs out. Uh, of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's, he's, he's not got the right mindset and we'll never get anywhere like that. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> Lovely effort there, Joe. Well done. No worries. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it. OK, so don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. 
NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, this is Yasser Kasim, and you are tuning in to the Load Strangers podcast. We're looking for consistency. We've already covered that to a degree, but he wasn't just talking about on the pitch. He was talking about training as well. Yeah, he talked about in terms of getting that consistency in training being, for obvious reasons, important in doing that and getting those repetitions so the players are clear in in what they're doing um and then I, I think quite an interesting point in terms of uh he pre- I possibly even creating cover for himself if you're looking cynically but um as, as people often do in terms of answers to press conference questions but saying that in the, you know they've been doing a lot of work in getting the players fitter which is again classic new manager stuff but um and then in getting them up to speed and he's talked in terms of being able to see out the Tranmere game comfortably and be able to get clean sheet up at Stockport, um, that you can kind of see some signs of them being fitter in that um, because they've, they've been able to go for the full 90 and stay concentrated. Um, and then he kind of said, but in when you're doing all that work on fitness, there is the chance that um, you have what he termed a blow up and all the sort of things don't come together uh, a bit randomly one day. Um, because of the kind of fitness work that you've been doing and people might just get tired um, and then that might happen and obviously there'll be a bad game and you have to work through that but uh, then sort of generally finding that consistency again so uh, possibly he was um, uh, covering himself if the Harrogate game doesn't go very well or an honest and interesting explanation of how fitness works. Football is so weird, really, because I imagine Harrogate right now are looking at like the form guide without looking at highlights, without looking what fans are saying. And they'll be looking at this game thinking, well, this is a possible one for us to get back on track. Because I think Swindon, have, over the last six games, have only got one point more than Harrogate. <laughs> over that time I think they've got five and we've got six just one win can change a mood can't it I mean and I'm, I'm talking about in the very short-termist mindset because of the pure chaos that has been the last 20 or so games yeah I mean famously you're only as good as your last result which makes us unbelievably good so you know we because we won it and Harrogate have, have not won in four which included a, a spanking at Mansfield so you know, uh, I, I, I don't imagine Harrogate are overly scared of us, you would think, given that they are still looking at the playoffs. But, um, you know, there's there's a chance that they, they would, that, that you know, I, I always think when I look at a team and they've won their last game after a bad result, that always feels like a bad sign. But when I'm looking at other teams' form, most things seem like bad signs. Injuries then. So there was a little bit more depth with, with injuries this week, including... Uh, the news that one player won't be back until August. Yes, it is bad news bears for Pharrell Johnson, who is out for the season. Um, it, a very interesting situation. Um, I guess our medical didn't didn't go very well 
with Pharrell Johnson. I don't know if that would have impacted the signing necessarily, um, given that it's a long-term thing anyway. But um, he is out for the season based on an injury that he previously had, but didn't think much of. And then he came in and played, and then that kind of got flared up. And uh, he and they've kind of re-evaluated it, and he is now out for the season um, because of it. It was not specifically said what it was, even when it was brought up again in terms of um, what has he done. But uh, yeah, Pharrell Johnson is out for the season now. Um, I don't know that that makes a huge difference in terms of... Well, you would have liked to have seen him play, but uh, he's hardly going to be starting most of the games. So I don't think it makes a massive difference. And uh, as Gavin Gunning said, it now is an interesting chance for Pharrell Johnson to um, uh, improve himself off the field, apparently, and uh, how he conducts himself during his injury. Do you think that was implying anything? Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't necessarily take it to be such, but um, as much as you know, young footballers be young footballers. But you know, maybe he, uh, he's. I mean, I think he'd probably be within his rights to be annoyed at someone who sort of. I don't know if it lied our injury is fair, but kind of didn't was playing on with something that they clearly shouldn't have been and have now sort of screwed themselves i said when he signed i was a bit concerned with the lack of development football that he seemed to have played like if you go on all the usual statistic websites you can find a lot of stuff about like sean mcgurk and and jake kane and, and tom brewitt in terms of their under 21 elite careers and there's so little about Johnson's that I was wondering, well, what what's the situation here? It sounds like he's a bit of an injury proner. Yeah, that that was that would be the takeaway. And it, now all the his uh, lack of appearances for Forest youth sides makes a little bit more sense. But uh, again, questions questions asked over the signing process on that one. Um, as much as it was a long term thing anyway, uh, signing a dude who can't really play is a strange one. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the the others? So McEachran, Clayton, Devine, Uwakwe, where are we with those? Yeah, with George McEachran, it's uh, good news for him. He will be back in the squad. Um, that was confirmed, surprisingly. But uh, he's uh, um, he, it was kind of more precautionary that he wasn't involved against Tranmere. Uh, he said he kind of decided to mix it up. Um, which it feels a bit unlikely that you would leave him out entirely if that was his thinking, but that's that's what he supposedly did, uh, Gavin Gunning in that uh, scenario. And he talked about you know with with having sort of been away from the team and then come back in and played quite a lot in quick succession. He just made the decision that he didn't really want to risk it and decided to play Aguiar instead, um, as we have covered. And then with Divine and Clayton, they're kind of where they were in terms of being on the grass. Um, but not uh, eligible eligible to really play or be selected for another few weeks. And then uh, we had Tariq Uakwe as another month, which I think is technically slightly shorter than his previous estimate, but um, in terms of scaling it back even. But uh, yeah, those those three are still uh, not looking likely um, before probably April. As a fan, how, how are you seeing this for Tom Clayton and Reese Devine? Reese Devine played one league game, he played two games, in total since he joined in uh, 2022. Tom Clayton's season has just been absolutely destroyed by injuries. Are, are we are we essentially their rehab before they move on now? Is there a place for them depending on, on injuries elsewhere? It just feels like 
I've, I've got no expectations for Tom Clayton or Reese Devine now. Yeah, I mean, if I was them, I'd be working on mixing together a, a highlights reel for myself during the time they have off. Because uh, I, I, f- I would be just very surprised if certainly Reese Devine. Um, obviously, we 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 talk about Lane in a lot, but um, there would be sort of no reason for us to give a contract to a man who has essentially not played since he signed the first one uh, two years ago, and then Tom Clayton. He showed a lot of promise, and then the injuries have completely, you know, fallen that by the wayside. Um, you know, he's. And you just feel like with their respective injury records at this club, it wouldn't make much sense, certainly off the basis of about a month, if they could even get a month of football at the end of the season. Um, it just wouldn't really make much sense in our end to keep them around. So I guess we're just sort of giving them somewhere to to knock about. There's the chance that you know those two could possibly even start pre-season with us without contract in terms of, you know, you hear, you hear, hear a lot inside the game that people do just help people out in terms of training and whilst they're trying to find clubs. So there's the chance that that happens and maybe if they could prove a bit of fitness and then there's something to be done, but it, it, I, you know, they're, they're just sort of here and, and for in the background more than anything else, as far as I'm concerned. Tom Clayton screams free transfer to Barrow or Tramier, just screams it. Uh, and probably will go on to do very well. But, yep, yeah, there we go. Uh, let's go back to Sean McGurk, where the love was plentiful. And based on the conversation I had with JR the other day on the pod, you know, we, we kind of did that. Oh, we, we think he's got a tr- we've, we, we've got a trigger. We weren't sure. Kind of were. But we, it's one of those moments where I did get a fair few messages going, yep, they said in the fans forum that we've got options and all of them. And I suppose my cynicism is great. doesn't mean that we'll see them in August, but Gavin Gunning was banging the and he's ours to keep drums. So that was nice. Yeah, that, that, was, that was definitely good to hear. Um, and I, I also ask a little bit about this as well. So further detail when, when we get to the Joe zone. But um, I was slightly intrigued because you know, we, we knew about the options on the others, but Sean McGurk's contract as announced by Leeds United doesn't have an option on it so i was in i was interested uh that, that we do in fact have one um so that's that's obviously very good for us because well he's quality um and yeah there was absolutely no shying away from gavin gunning in terms of um, what um of uh of uh you know trying trying to dampen any enthusiasm on sean mcgurk pal glatzel uh he forgot jack bycroft's name he just got called the goalie um, and even Ricky Aguilar got lumped into this group and uh, uh, Yudoka Godwin-Malifa as well in terms of young, permanently contracted players who are playing pretty well right now. Uh, he was like, you know, there's get excited. He, in fact, he said the specific words, get excited. Um, we've got some talented players who he's certainly very excited by. We know the club are very excited by Paul Glatzel because he played for us for two weeks and he was already the poster boy at the fans forum. Um, but yeah, he, you know, in terms of Sean McGurk more specifically, he said he's done incredibly well having given the lack of men's football he played previously. There are still things for him to work on. He's now said twice in terms of his positional play that that needs uh, a fair amount of work and knowing where he needs to be on the field. And you know, is he a left winger or a number 10? That will be, I guess, an interesting debate for another day. Um, and you know, uh, having not played so well against MK Dons after... Um, what was I guess I think initially termed as being quite giddy after the um, 
after the Gillingham game and scoring his goal. Um, so there's there's stuff to clean up, but uh, he was not trying to play anything down. Um, he was uh, very confident that he will be a Swindon player next year. Um, in terms of having the option, he said, we will see him next season. So uh, there will be no entertaining of offers on him by the sounds of it. I, you know, he also isn't involved in contracts, so I don't think you necessarily listen to him on that. But he was he was very excited by Sean McGurk, and rightly so, because he is some boy. Yes, indeed, indeed. When we beat Harrogate this weekend, I'm more than sure we'll we'll suddenly get season ticket information. And if hashtag get excited isn't the tagline for this year, then I don't know what will, although I would advise against it. I absolutely dare them. In fact, I might message Henry and tell them to do it. But but I absolutely dare them to use get excited as the hashtag. (laughs) <laughs> obviously the um it's not not the exact words but the rhetoric of competitive budget and all that stuff on the last two seasons so please to god can they do that i, I cannot wait for the reaction <laughs> hashtag get excited i know i am shall we go to that joe zone then let's do it mr Lott, thank, thank you, you. back to talking about the excitement of having those young players at the time down for next year we've talked about contracts but is there sense in trying to get them tied down for even longer because obviously you, know, you, you get to that season then all of a sudden they're you know you're, they're not really in your control anymore yeah possibly that could be something that we could look at I think with a few of them to be fair because I think by the end of the season I think three or four of them will have proper value in them I think like with how they've performed I think you look at Glatzel, the way he's performed since he's come in, like, I think anybody I speak to about it's just like, oh, Glatzel this, Glatzel that, like, he's been brilliant and he probably should have had five or six goals. So probably best for us that he hasn't. <laughs> yeah, um, um, kind of, where's Harry McCurdy with his fitness at the moment? Is he getting closer to being able to play more than just half an hour? How much can he realistically do? Um, For this weekend, I would think 30 to 45 minutes. Then from there, hopefully, we can build him up. Listen, he's he's still... Um, listen, you got to be real. He's done unbelievably to come back from what he's come from. And we just got to look after him. We've got a duty of care. It's not it's not just about Harry McCurdy, the footballer. It's Harry McCurdy, the human being. So I think that's a big a big part I take from it, from managers never caring about me, playing with bad injuries and then having to retire so early. So these guys who come back, whether it's Harry who's had his heart and he probably he needs to get to a certain level of fitness and then play, which we're going to get him to, which he's getting to at the minute. But yeah, looking after the players. Yeah, and um, we saw Doka Goblin really could play on the left on Tuesday. Is that something you look at as kind of a one-game solution? Because you mentioned it to do with Rob Apter. Is that something you would kind of Didn't look at? Didn't work right, did it? <laughs> kind of look at again because... Seemed to quite enjoy cutting inside on yeah, his right did, and making yeah, his passes. Yeah, he did. He did well. He did well, to be fair to him. So, obviously, going forward, that could be something that we work on. Um, obviously, the evolution of the team would be both fullbacks to be able to operate inside and outside of the pitch. We're not there because we have the squad that was that I inherited. It's not, but we'll get there. Yeah, lastly, we another fullback question, I suppose. We had Harrison Minton play out there a few times. Um, is that kind of position you see him going into, or is that a needs must situation? No, I think I see them. I I think he's um his build and how how he's built. I I think that a solid right back suits him at the minute. He's he's still wet behind the ears as a centre half. He um he does some very very good bits, but then he does some inexperienced bits. So I always think that as a centre half, you got to learn your trade as a fullback usually. 
not many not many young kids going to the centre half. They usually play full back, laying the game a bit more. Then because there's more space for you to get coverage and like you can actually learn how to defend as a full back more in one v one duels and that. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. When are we going to get players again? Well, um, it's a it's a tough question, isn't it? Uh, it, it uh, a lot of them seems to be taking taking their time on it, I suppose. Yeah, no, no more, no more players in the Joe Zone. They don't seem to be as keen on a Thursday. I, I guess that's just based on what their what their schedule is now. Uh, Flynn has left. Yeah, obviously we switched back to Thursdays, which is good for this, but. I, I suppose not ideal because we're no longer at Bevisbrook, although they were all there because obviously we were at Foundation Park and I could see them all pulling up uh, as the session was coming to an end. So the players were around, we just didn't get to speak to any of them. Um, I think I think quest- inquiries might have to be made in terms of uh, c- could we start to speak to players again, but uh, at the moment they don't look forthcoming. Okay then, so contracts. We've seen our old pal Louis Reed sign a new contract at Mansfield, which resulted in some cynicism from Swindon fans about our own situation. I have sort of said, I think I said it in the last presser, where I'm absolutely convinced that, of course, things will be going ahead. But then I read an article by your fine self with Rashad Hepburn-Murphy, where he's like, nah, nothing yet. I'm just going to focus on my football until the end of the season. What, what what do you think about the contract situation? Yeah, I think, to be fair, the Hepburn-Murphy situation is probably different because, honestly, if I'm Jamie Russell, I've got absolutely no idea if I want to have him next season to be honest even after Tranmere that probably confuses things even more but, um, so uh, officially launched obviously you had Pay Pain, Keep Kemp and now I think Money McGurk give him all of it because even one season like well if 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 we, if we can trigger the option for next season he'll walk that summer anyway um, because he's clearly too good for us already at 20 so um, you know I, the kind of and Clearly, uh, Gunning has, has entertained the question. He's entertained contracts the other day, but um, you know, we. <laughs> I, f- I feel like when you have the players to hashtag get excited about, yeah. Um, if we could have them for more than just next season, that would be nice because that gives us gives us a bit of control financially in them. Because you know, you get to next season and you're scared already um, by uh, the decision you would have to make in January over McGurk, Glatzel, Bycroft. Godwin Malifa, whoever else. Um, so, yeah, please just give McGurk all of the money because he's really good. I will <laughs> I will be happy and prepare to hashtag get excited if we just keep McGurk for a, a transfer window longer <laughs> than the other one. Maybe not the whole contract, but uh, I was I did I did like a a quick skim of like Swindon's transfer policy over the last three seasons and I think we're going to high-five Saidu Khan, who's going to get to the end of his contract as a regular for two whole seasons uh, without injury issues or anything like that. He's he's one of a minority. I mean, Tyree Shade might have got that had he not been sent out on loan, but it's an incredible uh, look-through of just how how many players come in and, and leave. Even this season, we've had two players come in and go in the same season. It's It's been... it's. It's been quite an experience. It's that conflict, isn't it? Because we've not been good this season. I'm not going to pretend it has been. So therefore, can I get outraged if three quarters of the squad leave in the summer? I can't, can I really? Because unless it was down to pure coaching that they weren't that great. But you you still want the, the sweet familiarity of that 
of building a squad around what you've got and not always going through the same rotation, the churn of new squads, because it hasn't worked for Swindon. Yeah, well, that's the dilemma, isn't it? Because the squad clearly isn't good enough. You can, you know, we can talk about coaching as, as much as we want, but, you know, it's League Two. They only have to be kind of decent to go anywhere. So if the squad was all that good, then we wouldn't be as bad as we are. So you don't necessarily want to keep most of the players, but you also don't want to sign... 20 odd new players in the summer which at this present moment we would have to so I feel like if you can kind of keep I don't know if uh, pick the bones on 10 or something to keep around and then you can kind of bring in better players but you've got a base to work on because right now I would say Paul Glatzel, Sean McGurk, you know Godwin Malifa three players I absolutely want to be starting the first game of next season um, and then everyone else is either a maybe or a definitely not so, you know, there's, there is a small skeleton, probably two or three rib, ke- rib bones to be built upon at the moment. But that's not a way to get promoted, really. You do need to be building off of something. Doesn't feel like it, does it? Doesn't feel like it. OK. Harry McCurdy, I think people are beginning to realise he's not 21-22 season Harry McCurdy. This is very much a it's getting back to being able to play football again, enjoying football again, and hopefully benefit from the plus sides of that, which we did in the final stages against Ginningham. He wasn't required at Tramier, which would have been, I dare say, a huge bonus for Swindon, but not for any of the McCurdy tourists that were at the Tramier game, for which I didn't hear much McCurdy talk on midweek, the week before, just relentless person behind me, and there was no one calling for him to come on because there was absolutely no need for him to come on, which is which is great when we've got Harrogate and then I'd, I'd love him to be ready for Mansfield. But the, it doesn't feel like there is a ready for Harry McCurdy. It's just let's see how it goes and let's enjoy him in the pockets that, that we have him for. Yeah, I, I think you know the, the club have never really shied away from the fact that that's what this was as much as he was... Uh, I don't want to say used, that's probably unfair, but you know, held up as a bit of a look who we signed kind of fit project on deadline day, um, to which I was very happy to bow. Um, but yeah, he's he's you know, he's been through something very serious. And I think Gavin Gunning, you know, pe- pe- people can say stuff in press conferences. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but the, the I think the way Gunning spoke in terms of um, about his own experiences, and he's talked about it before in, about kind of. Uh, his own early retirement so he kind of knows not where McCurdy is because no one's been where McCurdy is but in terms of his specific ailments but um, being made to play through something that you really shouldn't be and I think if this is actually his outlook in terms of his man management Gavin Gunning it's it's a pretty good sign in terms of the way he's handling Harry McCurdy Um, you know he's not forcing him into anything he's you know he saw this Tranmere situation went Okay, so we'll give him the night off. You know, uh, Stockport, he wasn't necessarily called for. He only played about fifteen odd minutes that day. So, it it's 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 you know disappointing that we've signed a player that we can't really play. But um, you know, he's he's someone who excites even in small pockets. Uh, he's done that in more or less all of his appearances off the bench, and um, and uh, you know we're I guess <laughs> helping out someone who who kind of needed it. Uh, who's an old friend yeah and and very quickly the final point that you you said there was fullbacks and 
more than happy to play Godwin Malifa on the left if need be. Yeah, this this was partially asked because I want to write about it tomorrow. But um, I thought it was quite interesting, given the talk of inverted fullbacks of Godwin Malifa playing on the left, which meant that he could he was able to stay wide, but then come inside, and then he's he's done it when he's played on the right. But when he comes inside, when he's on the left hand side, he's then on his stronger foot to play that pass, and quite clearly that was utilised quite a lot in terms of you know get the ball to Hepburn Murphy and he'll just run straight past James Norris. So um, I thought that was quite interesting. And it is, you know, uh, it, clearly he didn't completely shut down Rob Apter, but um, it, was, it was interesting to see if that was a specific game plan thing, which it was alluded to it might have been after the game or if that's something he's looking to as a, as a bigger thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he did all right, didn't he? But... We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Right. Um, it's so late in this episode and it's time to cover a little bit of Harrogate before we go. Harrogate, are, as we discussed earlier, they're not having the greatest of times in their last six games. Well, it started all right. They drew away at Stockport. Very good point. And then they beat Colchester at home. And then on Tuesday, the 13th of February, all went horribly wrong because they lost 9-2 at Mansfield. And then like, it feels like every time a team gets absolutely tonked, the next game it's a nil-nil draw away at Crew, which is a really, really good result. And then they've had back-to-back losses, both at home as well. They lost 2-0 against Walsall and 4-1 against Newport County on Tuesday night. Despite this, they sit happily above us and they will remain above us even if we beat them. On Saturday, they are 12th on 48 points, just three points away from the playoffs. So they'll be looking to get their season on track. It feels a little bit uh, disrespectful to say I'm sure they're just happy, given the season they had last year where they were further down the table, that they aren't in any peril. Uh, But what was quite interesting in the press is Gavin Gunning was quite sympathetic towards the 9-2 stuffing they, they suffered. It was an interesting discussion of the 9-2 where he kind of said, you know, I think he said five of the goals were quite scruffy goals. They don't count. Yeah, obviously. Uh, it's only Jogger Benito. We know that from Gavin Gunning. Um, but, and then it was, you know, it was one of those days where all the all the shots go in the back of the net, which I think, you know, if you score nine goals, it invariably is going to be the case unless something crazy has happened on the pitch. Um, even more so than just scoring nine goals. Um, and you know that kind of being not necessarily representative of them as a team because obviously going into that game they were in stonking form having gone from relegation trouble to into the playoff places very quickly which as we know from Walsall is is not that difficult in in this version of League Two unless you're quite as bad as Swindon um, but yeah he was he was you know he was I, I guess when you're playing a team that has just conceded nine goals a few weeks ago, you're going to kind of play down how bad they are. That's kind of natural because otherwise you're setting yourself up for something. But um, yeah, he was certainly not uh, sticking any knives into to what Harrogate did that night. Directly before, as you say there, directly before the Mansfield game, the 10 games that went before that, they won seven of them, drew two and lost only one. So yeah, they've maybe they got a little bit overconfident, but it's... It's all come crashing down in a way for them. But I just just feel that this is... I'm not as confident about this game as I was 
for whatever reason, against Tramere. And despite the occasional tonking, they're quite stingy in terms of conceding goals. When when they do, usually, it tends to be one or two. And then every now and again, they, they concede five against against Accrington and they concede four against 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 Newport in midweek but they they are much better defensively than we're giving them credit for in this conversation yeah um, that's the interesting one of one of the points that Andrew Hawes makes in his questions that they've they've conceded more shots in the league than any other team um which is again for a team that as you say doesn't have the worst defensive record is quite an interesting statistic and the fact that it's not us seems quite amazing um but and, and shows how many goals uh, or shots harrogate te- um have against them but you know they're they they i mean clearly they're in playoff contention they're not that they're not a bad team and they've um they put, were good enough to put that kind of run together even if you know, when, when we went up to harrogate they were a pretty so- sorry team really um, in terms of what what performance they put out that day, um, but still got a yeah, point they, though. Yeah, they they, they did. Although. They still got a point. <laughs> I think the Harriet was. I think that was the end of the 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 really really bad period under Michael Flynn um, in uh, up at Harrogate. But yeah, it was. <laughs> they're 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 clearly a, a good enough team. Although, as you say. It, because of the form, and I mean, it is still Harrogate at the end of the day. Um, you do kind of have to go into it expecting that we we can and possibly should win. Yeah, we were eleventh after that one-one draw, and a mere five points away from the playoffs. Such glory days. Yeah, that's, that's kind of it, isn't it? <laughs> I remember uh, Andrew and I left that game, and we had the chat that we're going to have to come here, back here again next season. And uh, technically speaking, we we were speaking out of turn there because Harrogate, the ones that have actually made a fist of it this season, they'll be the ones that are slightly disappointed being the same league as us. I don't think that's the case, really. I think that I think that uh, again, I'm going to sound disrespectful. I I think they're more than happy just to be maintaining League Two right now, and they play it quite safe and make quite decent acquisitions in the transfer market, and I think. Probably most teams go when they look at the fixture list. Well, we've got Harrogate next week, so we'll beat them. Um, we are unbeaten against Harrogate at the county grounds. Only two games. Uh, a draw in the first one in, tw- in 2021. Chapain penalty. And then a 3-0 win last year. Uh, Hepburn Murphy were a brace. And Joe Tomlinson on the second coming of Joe Tomlinson. He scored his uh, one and only goal from his second spell. And as we mentioned there, it was a 1-1 draw away in November 2023. What are your expectations for this one, Joe? Um, I'm going to go for another win. Um, so I think we have to go for it and, and be a little bit positive about it. Um, yeah, it's if, It feels like I probably shouldn't go for another clean sheet, but uh, I try and avoid um, a certain scoreline because I, f- I feel like it brings bad luck. So I'm going to say 2-1 to Swindon. It'll be slightly tight, but uh, we'll surprisingly hang on when no one expects it at the end. Yeah, I kind of feel that a lot of people will go to this game expecting a very comfortable win. And I think maybe Harrogate might surprise us early on. And that's when, if we concede, it'll be then. I'm going back to back three ones. Let's go. Let's have it. Let's 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 start scoring goals again. 
Let's let's do it. That was that was fun. I liked how this start of the season. We haven't done that enough. I don't know why. I'll tell you what we're gonna do, Joe. We're gonna hashtag get excited. Hashtag get excited, people. We're coming for the playoffs. <laughs> Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 